every time I kiss you, I'm gonna taste 36 other guys. I'm going to school. Maybe later you'll be a bit more rational. I'm 37. I just Goodbye, can't. Goodbye, Dante. Welcome to episode 229 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mark. Now, joining me on today's episode is a returning guest to Mark and Me, and I'm absolutely thrilled to announce that I'm joined by Marilyn Gigliotti. Yes, you may know her for playing the part of Veronica in Clerks, and most recently, Clerks Free. She's an incredible person. I was very lucky enough to have her on the podcast only a few years ago, but this time round, things have changed. We've gone through the pandemic, we've gone through some really big dramas in our lives, and we've just had the release of Clerks 3. For me, one of the best films of the year, and Marilyn in it is absolutely amazing. And we'll be talking about that in great detail, along with loads of stuff all view askew in just a couple of moments' time. But you know the score, I always like to use the intro for every episode of Mark and Me, just to touch base and talk about my last episode. On episode 228, I was joined by Jack Wilson from the amazing band Kid Capisci. This was a great episode for me and a great response online. I have seen a lot of tweets and a lot of Facebook comments of people that have then gone and checked out the band Kid Capisci. They've just had their first top 20 album and honestly, they're an amazing band. They're going to go so, so far and all the things that I've seen from everyone that checked out the episode are loving this band. So thanks so much to everyone that listened. But this time round, it's another Skew member for me joining this episode and I'm so excited. As you know, I launched this whole podcast with Kevin Smith. Only a few episodes later, I've had Jason Muse. Only recently, we had Jeff and Brian talking all things Clerks Free, and I can't wait for today's episode. It's amazing, and I think we should get straight to it. So here's me and Marilyn talking all things Viewerskew. So Marilyn, thank you so much for coming back on the Mark and Me podcast. Thank you for having me back. It's uh, it's a nice uh, pleasure. I would like to say, what have you been up to since we last spoke? But the world went a bit crazy with COVID. We all had a lockdown and obviously the release of Clerks Free. But what I want to do before we get kind of dive deep into that is how was lockdown for you? How's the last couple of years been? Because it was quite a testing time and, you know, it only feels like now we're starting to see some normality again. Yeah, you know, honestly, um, when the lockdown happened um obviously i was a little worried financially because i was already not in a very good boat to begin with but thankfully uh because the government kind of made allowances here for those that are self-employed to be able to receive funding um through unemployment i was actually able to to do that collection um so it kind of saved me financially wise and I kind of needed that break in the very beginning, to be honest, as well. Yeah. It was it was nice to just be. <laughs> just like, just 
be in my own thoughts, be rested, be just do whatever I needed to do for myself. Now, maybe I could have done further on that, worked further on that, but still, I mean, it was nice. I wasn't as productive as some other people made it, <laughs> but, but, you know, it worked for me. Uh, I'm not going to uh, regret or have any regrets on, oh, I wish I had done this or that um, because, you know, maybe what I had was just what I needed. Yeah, I felt it was like the whole world got to have just a kind of step back and just a bit of time out. And maybe if there's things you hadn't finished, like a book or a film or you're directing or editing or writing, everyone yeah. just had that little bit of time that you've probably never been able to find. So it was it was good for the creative people. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of started doing some a little bit of working out, but unfortunately that working out kind of put a little bit of stress on joints. Um, and I, I found some things out as far as like, not even during the pandemic, but following the pandemic of, of certain uh, health issues that I, I have, because I was officially diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which I didn't know I had. I mean, I actually, I kind of knew, I just didn't, you know, had finally had that official diagnosis. And, uh, and then other things kind of, you know, kind of played factor, but you know, it's okay. It's okay. So have you had to make some kind of big changes in your life at the moment, obviously since that dialysis and stuff like that, or you kind of just, because you already knew it was there and it wasn't official, are you still just kind of in the same life? Uh, well, no, um, like I've had to make some changes in what I eat. Yeah. Um, and it's been a slow progression even since before the pandemic, but, but, I would say in the last year, it's just like the whole the old adage of of what's in Clerks Three should or get off the pot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so so yeah, I I can't do gluten. I can't do uh, dairy, which I, dairy I kind of knew that for a while, and um, but the gluten, you know, I love bread. Bread is really good. <laughs> it's the best, but. It is, but unfortunately, that's that's the biggest inflamer of muscles and joints in my body. So we can't really do that, <laughs> and other things as well. But you know, so so on the more positive side. Now, obviously, the whole world right now has gone crazy over Clerks Three. The response I've seen online has been amazing, and for me, it's one of probably Kevin's best pieces of work since probably Dogma. I absolutely loved it. And it had heart and it had, God, I cried, I laughed, and it was just everything I wanted. And for me, the kind of perfect ending of this trilogy. Now, when was the first moment that you found out that you had now been cast again in this production? Um, first off, yes, I have to agree. I I as much told Kevin um, during one of the convenience tours, it's, I feel, his best film. Yeah. Um, and as far as when I, so <clears throat> when we did the Clerks 3 reading of the previous script that was not made um, over at the First Avenue Playhouse as a um, uh, fundraiser for the First Avenue Playhouse. Um, 
in the audience, it was asked, you know, whether I'd be in Clerks 3, because the thing is, I was originally set to be in that Clerks 3 reading as well. And Brian has as much told me so. I don't know what draft he had and still believed, I mean, up until the time that we were there and I was going through that script to see, okay, where's my lines? <laughs> and I'm still scrolling. Still can't find them. Yeah. Uh, 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 Brian um, and Ernie uh, is like, oh, I don't know. Uh, so I forget what draft that was, but by that draft, Veronica was no longer in that script. So, and being in Hollywood now for many years, it's like I take things with a grain of salt <laughs> until it actually happens. And even then sometimes until it actually is up uh, on the screen. But come to, I believe it was either 2018 or 2019, uh, LA Comic Con. And um, Kevin was doing a whole promotional thing with Legion M and Jane Silent Bob Reboot there. And they did a whole thing at the Legion M booth with Jane Silent Bob's. And once they were done with that, then they, uh, Jason, Kevin, and Brian were at the booth and they're like, Marilyn, come on over. And it's like, oh, okay, hey. Um, and they're like, hold three fingers up. Well, Kevin says this. And so I'm holding up the three fingers. I'm like, I, I didn't clue myself in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then like then it kind of dawns on me why we're holding up three fingers and I kind of like looked at Kevin and I said does this mean that I'm in Clerks 3 and he gives his you know you know that look of yep. his um, <laughs> I let out the biggest woohoo <laughs> that it must have been heard throughout the whole convention center um, but again you know, I've been I've been told many things in the past of, you know, that I'd be cast in certain films and, you know, it's never come to fruition. So I, I yes, I was happy, uh, but still. Proof is in the pudding. Um, and then come. Uh, I would say a year before we started filming last year. So maybe two years ago, um, Kevin texted me and uh, to read the latest script that he had at that time. And uh, so, yeah, I was in and I loved it. Um, and so, yeah, a year later, I'm actually on set filming. So it was, Amazing. It was nice. And yeah. I spoke to Brian and Jeff only last week, and they're both telling me about the first draft that they read and it was very dark and some people have been at the live reading and talked about how really dark it got um did you kind of read that and think i can't see this working like it's kind of a bit too away from the first two um you know i just look at things as whether i like the script or i don't yeah <laughs> not so much whether it can work or not um so it may have been a dark script and thing is it's like there you're gonna have your lovers and your haters of anything 
Yeah. Including the current Clerks 3, just to say. Um, because I, I have run across a couple of people and some of the reviews that we won't talk about, but you know, they, they, they don't get it. Um so I for me, the original one, like I said, it I, it was dark, but I understood it and I saw I saw it for what it was. So I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, but yes, I'm much happier over this Clerks 3 over the other one because the other one didn't have me. <laughs> so, so when you got sent this text message and you read the the new most recent script, you definitely saw Veronica was there. She had lines. She was coming to the store. She was having time with Brian on set and Randall yeah. and you knew it was real. Yes. Was there still a tiny bit of doubt until you were on set that you thought, oh, I really hope there's not going to be another updated draft that comes through where I, I'm cut and it's like, oh, God. Always. Um, you know, you hope that things aren't cut out uh, and reworked to the point where it, you're not in it quite as much. Um, there were some changes, I think. I can't recall honestly what they are, but I don't think they were drastic. However, in saying that, um, when Kevin had the 25 year anniversary of the stash and he brought us all out there and we were doing Q and A's at the theater that he now owns, um, like the first night we were in three different theaters in groups. And then the second night, there were two theaters in groups. And so as we were waiting in the one before we were to go out and do our Q&A, um, we just kind of all started talking. And, and, and Kevin mentioned how my scene, it's like they thought that they would maybe cut it because it doesn't really move the story along. But thankfully, because I brought it, I like gave it everything that I had. Uh, they couldn't cut it. Um, and I heard that and I was just like, oh, wow, okay. And then consecutively when we were at San Diego Comic-Con and doing the Hall H and I was like, oh, this is the other side of the Hall H. Um, <laughs> we, it, it came up again. And as I'm listening to what Kevin is saying, it's like it really was like sinking in in a in a different way. It's like, wow. Uh, so if, yeah, if anybody watches that video, which is on YouTube, and they see this look on my face, it's like I'm really like taking in what he's saying and and realizing that there's a scene that could have been cut, and I feel like it's it's not like I'm on in there a whole heck of a lot. And if that scene were cut, I feel like a good portion of my media scene is 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 gone. Yeah. Won't be seen. Maybe on you know on the DVD and in, in cut scenes and stuff like that. But still, um, I, I I feel that that scene is just so important in a way that it does give the audience a little taste of where her character has been what what has maybe transpired and and granted it's just a slight little taste but i think it's enough to kind of 
appease the audience. And it just really shows my range since the original Clerks as well. So I'm really happy that it did not get cut. But then fast forward even to the convenience tour and just listening to Kevin from the backstage before he introduces, introduced me up on the stage and I won't be on the tour, mind you. I just, I just wanted to be there for the, the East Coast ones and I stayed with Brian. But I, I think they had in mind to cut the scene even before they even shot the scene. <laughs> Crazy. So I was like, fuck! <laughs> I'm glad I didn't know that because I had enough pressure that I was putting on myself to make sure that I delivered that scene in in a way that I was going to be happy with it because as an actor I am very aware whether I nail the scene or I don't or I'm almost there I like I'm very aware of what I bring to what I it is that I'm doing uh, and when I left that night and when I got back and I'm at the salon working and clients are asking me, so how'd it go? And I was just like, I fucking nailed it. So yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I I'm did. not just saying this because you're now talking to me on here, but when I watched the film, instantly I felt Jeff and Brian had upped their game. Like since Clerks 1 to Clerks 2, there was a really good kind of, not even improvement because they've, unbelievable actors but you could just tell the production was bigger the the budget the everyone's come a long way since clerks one mm-hmm. yeah with you in clerks three the way we see emotion in brian and jeff blows my mind and i felt that then elias would have to be unbelievable you know i felt like the pressure's now going to be on him to make sure that every line is still like elias that we loved in clerks too which is over 10 years old when you walked in and you delivered that first few lines i don't want to spoil it because there's some people that will listen today Uh, i don't want to talk about certain parts yeah i'm not just saying this it was unbelievable i was like fucking hell like you just blew everything away in that scene and i was kind of wanting to high five the air like thank fuck (laughs) you got this part thank fuck you're here because it was such a good trip for anyone that's kind of part of the viewerskew universe we had nods and every character that we've had we've had kevin's family in there we've had all the returning amazing kind of nods to the original films and to see you there with the chemistry with the others to be back in the quick stop honestly as a fan nothing will warm your heart like that Oh, thank you so much. I I truly, truly appreciate that. Um, and and I felt that. Yeah. Uh, when I went to the screenings in Red Bank, Rhode Island, Philly, and and Beacon Theater, I felt that. Um, and I felt it even more once getting on that stage after Kevin introduced me. It's like it it it. it that wave of energy that just kind of hits you it 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 it's hard to breathe um in a good way <laughs> um but yeah thank you did did obviously i'm talking as the viewer's perspective and a fan of kevin's work and a fan of all of you guys 
And it feels like one big family, you know, the fact that you guys have done other films and cameos and there's always nods and that once you're part of this family, you kind of remain part of the kind of view askew universe. Now, when you first went on set and you were in New Jersey, did it all feel like it was just one big family again or was it kind of really intimidating because it had been such a while since you were with these cast members in the situation to be filmed? No, it wasn't intimidating at all. I mean, it, but it was definitely different. I mean, yes, it was like being home with your family and getting to play again, but it was different because of COVID. Um, in the, so we couldn't be on set unless we were to be on set to shoot that day or we were getting something else taken care of because, how do I say this? Um, so there will be a scene where um, you notice that I'm blonde and then I'm not. <laughs> um, or I'm not and then I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and obviously that's the scene that was first shot because I let myself go blonde during uh, the pandemic because uh, I was tired of coloring my hair every two weeks because I'm very, very gray up on top, especially. Um, so it, it's like I could color my hair every week or two, um, just to, to stop that, that beam of light that comes off of the gray. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just let myself go, uh, lighter. And so I, I had more time in between to not have to color my hair like four or five weeks actually. And and when it was time to go back east, I, I did broach the subject. Um, so uh, I'm blonde now. I just had new headshots done. And we all know headshots are not cheap. Um, but I was given this like, oh, it's all right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I showed up on my first night of shooting as a blonde. Uh, um, but then after that weekend, uh, you got that that text from Kevin. It's like, so your hair is looking gray and it's kind of aging you. It's like, so go see Angie in the makeup trailer and have her color your hair for free. I'm like I could have done it for free. I'm a hairstylist. <laughs> That's my job. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, and I probably could have could have finagled someone to give me a wig. You know, I don't know, but but you know, looking back on it, it's like, all right. It, it is a royal pain and the blonde, everybody liked the blonde. Um, but I think uh, work-wise, it's probably best to have the slightly darker hair. So that worked out. But but yeah, that was the only other time that I was on set when I wasn't physically on set. <laughs> and when was the first time you got to see the film finished, the final cut? Uh, was it at one of the press screenings? Was it the premiere or was it during the roadshow? It was actually um, Kevin had his first test screen out here in L.A. Amazing. And uh, um, so that was the first time that I got to see it. And I was a blubbering baby. Yeah. Um, and I'm not over it yet. One. I've seen it two weeks now, <laughs> right. four times in two weeks. And I still can't think about certain parts. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, yeah, just thinking about it myself, I could kind of start crying. But um, the other, I saw it another time when we were at Rhode Island Comic Con, 
because we were there as a complete group. And so he had a little screening on his uh, uh, laptop for a group of us who hadn't seen it and our booking agents uh, over at ZSC Entertainment. And they were just floored. And I, I, again, at the end, the whole nostalgia part just really, it hits me in the gut and in the heart. And because for me, it's just like, oh my God. Okay. It's heavy. Look where, it is. It's, look where we are now compared to where we started. And it's like, I've, I've, I've grown as an actress. And it's like, and we have, we're missing some of the actors from then, like Lisa. And um, so it, it, it just, I think it'll hit the same way for different reasons for the audience as well. The the thing that you kind of come to terms with a Kevin Smith film is there's going to be dick and fart jokes and a lot of silly humor <laughs> and the usual, you know, you're going to get these crazy lines and all the 37 references and all this sort of stuff. But right. the, the gut punch that you get in this film, because it feels such a, like a tight family, it's the same characters that have been together for over 20 years. The end for me... I really felt like I'm going to not be able to get over this for some time. And to know that you're friends with Brian and you stay at his house during the road show and you're in each other's lives a lot. I always see on your Instagrams, how you're doing um, the convention circuits together. Mm-hmm. It must be kind of in a weird way, hard to not see that you lost Dante from your life, you know? Yeah, I, absolutely. Um, and it was like trying to, ah, let's see, trying to talk about this without trying to talk about it. It's very difficult. And so it's, it's, it's a challenge and it's been like, oh, okay, I, I'm very proud of myself how I, I go about this <laughs> because um, during the Q and A's a- after the initial uh, screenings and we talk about that, you know, um, the ending and people ask, it's like, oh, well, then I guess that's it. And Kevin's response is, have you not watched the film that you just saw up there? It's like characters were brought back that were not really in this in the lifetime of, yeah, you know. Um, so that's not to say that it is the end, but you know again it, it may be a while and and it may never actually happen as well but but that's in saying that it's it may or may not be the end never say never never say never there's always workarounds after all it is hollywood oh my god i just quoted a line <laughs> <laughs> And how have you found the response? Because I know there's always trolls, there's always dickheads that will always just want to rip something apart just because that's what they get off on. And if that's what they want to do, just ignore it like I do with the podcast. Like They just Absolutely. want to try and ruin people's parties. But right now as we sit here, Rotten Tomatoes, 92%, I think, as we're sitting here today. 94. 94. 94%. Wow. And, you know, let's be honest, Kevin Smith fans, no one 
you either love Kevin Smith or you hate him. You, yeah, you're not yeah, in the middle. Exactly. And the people that do love him and the fans, you know what the Facebook groups are like and all the, the Twitter groups and everything, they are one big unit, one big family. And the response for those people, and that's the people that do matter, they yeah. all love you. They all love Jeff. They all love Brian. And they love that you all got back together and kind of gave us another trip down this nostalgic memory lane. And nothing has warmed my heart. Nothing has made me smile than seeing you three in one place. Yes, the Thank quick stop you. again. And it must be so good for you to just be back in this again. It just must seem like you're pinching yourself. Like, yes, it did happen. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do. Um, and for the most part, um, I've never held on to critics' words. No. I, I wanted to see for myself um, on any movies that they badly critiqued. Um, and this one, no different. Um, and <clears throat> reading some of the critics... And and I'm talking about like those that have the high ranking of being critics. They don't get it. No, I, I honestly I don't feel like they actually get it. Um, and because they they look at it from a perspective of a filmmaker, not as a fan. The fans get it. They're invested in these these people into these characters as family members and and always because it, one thing that always asked you know why what makes clerks so well loved and and i i just t put it down to one word now it's like it's just it's relatable yeah and and because of that is why it is so well loved because it's all so relatable to the general populace that is out there, um, you know, might someone who makes or lives in the Hollywood Hills find it relatable? Maybe if if they didn't start out in the Hollywood Hills, so to speak. Um, but anybody who's worked with people has to be able to relate to what we put out there but also relatable in the sense of human beings um and what a lot of this should put into perspective of what's happened in the last two years of losing people uh, during the pandemic um that you know our loved ones can be gone in the blink of an eye what we wanted to do that maybe we should do because we may not have that chance so i mean you know I, so those that are going to get it will get it and those that don't i don't know where their heart is <laughs> they're not worth worrying about are they no not at all not at all and with the response to the roadshow, I know you couldn't go um, on the whole tour and stuff like that. I saw you put a, a message out because I think a lot of people yeah. are under the assumption that you will get paid to go out there every night and all your expenses are paid for. But 
that's not the way the real world works. And I think that was a bit of a shock for some people. Everyone just assumes <laughs> that you go on like a band tour bus and you all get to go to these amazing places, but that's right. not the reality, is it? No, it's not. Although that would have been awesome, you know? It's like if, if the way to do it was to get like this huge bus though, that we're all on the bus. That, that would be so great. good. That's a proper tour. <laughs> That's a proper tour. And at least, you know, uh, there would be somebody driving and, and Kevin wouldn't have to drive all, the whole time. Um, but to, to be realistic as well, um, some of these screenings are so close together that, like, it, okay, example being the, the West Coast. Because I was like, well, maybe I'll drive up to Northern California to do San Francisco and Sacramento. Sacramento is one day and San Diego is the next day screening. And so I was like, oh, okay, how long does it take? Oh, 14 hours? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's possible to do. And, and sure enough, Kevin said, I was like, oh no, we're gonna fly that one. I was like, okay. Because there was no, like, you know, Kevin, Kevin is well known for not being on time. Yeah, He'll admit that, I think. And so if, if people are upset that he's kind of late on some of these things, I'm like, oh, he's really going to be late for the San Diego if he's, if he's driving from Sacramento to San Diego. So, um, so, yeah, realistically, it's just a little difficult for some of those dates. That's fair. Uh, and my final question, and you might remember this from the last time you came on, I ask every guest that comes on to choose the outro piece of music. Now... This doesn't have to be related to anything to do with Clerks or Kevin. It's more about you and being personal. But you get to choose the outro song. Um, this is the second time you've been on Mark and Me. And a lot has changed since we first met. And what would you love to be the song today that kind of finishes this interview, this very special emotional podcast, but is your choice, something that means a lot to you? When I ask the question, it comes to your heart, your soul and that you think would be the perfect songs we played after we've wrapped this up today? Oh my gosh. I, I, you know, as much as I like music, I'm terrible at knowing music. That's and, fair. That's absolutely stuff fine. stuff out there. But, but to me, I'm like, isn't there a song that Bon Jovi uh, plays regarding Jersey? There is. I can't remember the name, but we can definitely use that. Okay. I mean, I that, that, that would be one um, that I can think of, you know. Um, but as far as something that would really be fitting is to, it's like, oh God, I really don't know. <laughs> his whole album is called New Jersey. Uh, okay. That's his fourth album. So would you like a track off that? Sure. Let's just pick randomly one of those. Uh, well, I, I... I'll, I'll shuffle it and pick the first one that comes out. How's that? Okay. 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 And for, for people that are listening right now, what's the best way that people can support you? Because life is tough and has ups <clears throat> and downs. And I know you've had a rough time and I don't want to, you know, end on a low, but what's the best way that people can support you right now? Um, so I do have a square store. Yep. And uh, being that I I haven't really been booked on any convention circuits, um, I do have GalaxyCon, uh, uh, Ohio, Columbus, or Columbus, Ohio, I should say. That's not until November, December. Uh, so in the meantime, I've not been working. Um, 
And so my Square store would really be a big help to me. Brilliant. I'll put that in the notes on the podcast so people can click and then see. Thank you. And But, you know, you can check out what's uh, the latest news on my Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That Crooks Girl on Twitter, Marilyn Gigliotti on the other platform. And I, I see how active you are on there and there's some great response and I see you always like people's responses and reply and I think that's really important and it's really good yeah. to see and I know it means a lot for the fans and uh, yeah, it's it's been amazing to see that you've gone through some real shit but come out the other mm-hmm. side and to see how the last 12 months have been, the response of the film over the last month, it's amazing. It feels like you deserve this and I want to see it continue. And I hope that we're on a podcast again in a couple of years talking about maybe clerks for, or something else that's or successful. Something else. Absolutely. Thank you. I hope so. Thank you and so I, much. I really appreciate you coming back on. It's lovely to see you. And I just really hope all the best for you. Thank you. So there it is. There's my interview with me and the amazing Marilyn Gigliotti. It's so good to have her come back on the podcast and she's been through a lot over the last few years since her first appearance but it's amazing to see that she was finally cast in Clerks 3. I've seen the film and can confirm she is outstanding. It's so good to see the return of Veronica and honestly when you get to see this film you will just feel so much love, your heart will feel really warm and her performance is amazing. This interview is quite emotional today and as you heard at the end, people aren't always what you think and when you see this expectation out there for these celebrities that they're earning all this money and they're really successful because of these films, that isn't always the case. So go and check out the pages that we mentioned, I will put it again in the text for this episode and the links on my social media. Support Marilyn, she deserves all the support in the world and is one of the nicest human beings out there, and so generous and so giving with her time. And it was such a pleasure to have her on the podcast again. If you've enjoyed today's episode, the podcast will always be free. I do all I can to avoid going down the route of sponsorship. I listen to other people's podcasts, and it might be Acast or a wrestler podcast, and they're plugging all these stuff all the way through. And I really want to avoid that, but it's difficult because the podcast costs a lot of money to host on all these different platforms. But all I ask is that if you've listened to today's episode, share it. It will cost you nothing and will keep this podcast advert free. If you're on Twitter and you see the episode, just hit that retweet button. If you're on Facebook and you see it, hit the share button. And if you're on Instagram, why not just share it on your stories or like it or just post about it? Because honestly, that's the best way this podcast can get heard by new listeners. I don't have any money to put into this podcast to make it like a big marketing machine where I can pay for adverts on all these social media channels. I really do work on word of mouth. So if you've enjoyed today, please, all the links are on markandme.com. I appreciate it and I see every single retweet and every share and it really means a lot. And as always, I do have a Patreon page. This is if you want to support the podcast on another level. It can be only £1 a month, but it then allows me to go and travel the country or do other little things to basically make this podcast even more successful. It may allow me to get a train ticket to go to a gig and then interview a band, go and see a press screening of a film, but all the money that comes in on Patreon goes right back into the podcast and allows me to get more and more episodes for you guys at home. And each and every month... I use the Patreon as well to give away some amazing prizes and this is thanks to my friends at Richer Sounds. It could be a Sonos system, some headphones, but honestly it's my way of just saying thank you. 
And not only that, when you sign up on Patreon, you'll be given a badge. This is exclusive only to people on Mark and Me's Patreon page. Not only that, you'll get some stickers, I make sure you get Christmas cards, and lots of surprises throughout the year. And soon, I'll be launching some Patreon-only podcast episodes, interviews that are only for people that support me on Patreon. So please, the link's on Mark and Me, it means hell of a lot, and will really help me. I'll be back in only a few days' time with a brand new episode. So until then, take care, look after yourself, and hey, one word of advice. Hey, try not to suck any dick on the way through the parking lot. I'll speak to you all soon.
sometimes it scares me. 